Welcome to the Kingdom Life Community Church podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, visit kingdomlife.global. Today's teaching is by our guest, Scott Vostick. Uh, thank you guys so much. It's an honor to be here today. Open up your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 11. We're going to look at the book of John, chapter 11, 1 through 44. It's the story of Lazarus and uh, his amazing resurrection. Here we go. A certain man was ill, <clears throat> Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Martha who was anointed, who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then, after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. Excuse me. And you are going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awake him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I'm glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. Um, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been dead in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem. Thank you very much, actually. Excuse me. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus had come, he, she went to him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
But even now, I know that whenever you ask, whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is coming for you. And when she heard it, she quickly rose and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not be dead. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind a blind man also have kept this man from dying. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for it has been four, he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe you would see the glory of God. So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you hear me. I know that you always hear me. But I said, I, but I said this on the account of the people standing around, that they will believe that you have sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! And the man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to him, unbind him and let him go. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We praise you and we love you. Oh God, what an amazing, amazing event uh, that we are able to look at and read and study and, and understand your mighty, mighty glory. Thank you for John's um, word here and his documentation of this event. Dear Lord, guide us as we uh, review this and study it and put it into our hearts and uh, that we are assured that you are so real and so true. Join us here, Holy Spirit, and walk us through this this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much. This is such an amazing story. I love, I love this story. 
I've been praying on it. I've been reading on it for weeks, actually. Um, it's amazing how God grabs you. And whenever you're reading your devotions and you're reading the word, uh, how he just grabs you and like holds you in an area sometimes. And this is one of those. So it was months ago, actually, that I was reading this and reading this and reading this. And I was talking to Steve and we we're planning home assignment, coming back uh, to the United States. And I just felt it. I felt it right then and there that the Holy Spirit wanted me to teach on this. And um, I'm so happy to, because I've been reading it over and over and over and over again. And I absolutely love this story. Um, so if we can all put this in our minds, let's take a step back in history and walk through this. Walk through this as if we were there, right? What an amazing, amazing experience this was. Uh, to witness and be a part of, and to see. To, can you just imagine being with Jesus and the disciples and um, Mary and Martha, how devastated they were on the, on the death of their brother, and which happened to be like Jesus' best friend. Jesus' best friend, Lazarus, has passed away. Um, the documentation of this is just exhilarating. It's stunning. It's so amazing. The power over life and death is the big picture here. And uh, we'll make a few points a little bit later on. But uh, let's start uh, here with uh, verse 4. Why was this story written? Why do you think um, this, that John documented? Why, wh what's the point of this? Well, it's life. God is life. He's greater than death. And he proved that to everyone uh, on this day. It's absolutely, absolutely stunning and brilliant uh, what, what he did in front of all these witnesses and leadership of the Jewish, Jewish faith. So in verse 4, um, as we read along here in verse 4, but when Jesus heard... Uh, heard this, he said, uh, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Christ is going to be glorified through this amazing miracle. And he's telling his disciples this on this day. The interesting thing here, one of the many interesting things in this whole passage, is that um, this whole thing revolves around glorifying God because some people still didn't believe or understand exactly who Jesus was. Even after, you know, restoring sight and, and all the miracles he did, feeding the 5,000, feeding the 4,000, some people still just didn't quite connect the dots. So there had to be something big here. And it was, it was huge, absolutely huge. So... God will be glorified through this. And then we move on to five. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two more days longer in the place where he was at. <laughs> I just, it just strikes me so crazy. Yeah, let's hang out for two more days and let's uh, do some stuff here. And, and his best friend is ill. I mean, everyone had to be thinking of like, what is going on? Don't you want to go back? Go back. And the messenger, right? They text messaged, you know, the disciples and said, hey, you know, Lazarus. No. They sent a runner 
this, the communication of this whole story uh, as we track through this is people are going ahead of him. People knew where Jesus was. They sent a messenger to him, told him. The messenger goes back, says, yep, I talked to Jesus. I talked to Jesus. I think he's coming, you know, but he, he stayed two more days. So d- can you imagine M- Martha and Mary just going, you know, he's really sick. He's, he's going to die. When's he going to show up? You know, everyone's stressed out. Yet he stays two more days. Unbelievable. The other thing uh, behind this, this section right here is Jesus doesn't always give you what you want when you want it. Correct? Hands up. Yeah, the whole room. <laughs> exactly. They were praying earnestly, and they knew that they had Jesus on their team, on their side, and he didn't show up. Or did he? Right? Where, where was Jesus? Lazarus, his best friend's about to die. Well, they immediately thought he would be there. I'm sure they were all struggling with the why, which so many of us do. I, on many occasions, have asked God, why? Why this? Why that? Why is there so much death? Why is there so much poverty? Why do people do this? Why do people gun down and kill other people? Why? Well, we don't know all those answers, but we have faith in the Lord and trust in him that he will be glorified through all things, which he will be. Um, Jesus knew that all that was happening. We need to rest in that and know that he's got this, that he's faithful, like that beautiful song we were just singing. He waited two more days because he loved him. He wanted to show the people that he is the mighty God. He is the control of our life and death. Let's go on to 7 and 8. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just seeking to stone you, and you want to go there again? They were trying, they, they didn't want to go. They were fearful. They're like, man, we just got out of there. They were trying to stone us. We almost lost Jesus. Their, their small minds weren't quite putting it all together that they were walking with God, the Lord, the creator of, of, of heaven and earth, Jesus. They didn't quite connect the dots. Jesus' response is, are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. In him, this is this is awesome <laughs> because he's speaking of faith in Jesus. People, people believing in Christ, walking in the light. They they they're secure. They're not going to stumble. It's metaphorically speaking, and they would have understood this. In the Old Testament, the disciples understood this. Walking in the darkness, meaning not walking with God, so you're susceptible to sin and failure and death. So, after saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to wake him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he meant taking rest and sleep. 
but also in that time, the Jewish faith, the Israelites, these things, whenever people fell asleep, that was also a reference of death. But the disciples didn't want to have to face that and said, oh, you know, then we'll have to go back there. Well, if he's just resting, he'll recover. They said that. He goes, oh, yeah. Um, uh, now Jesus spoke to them, uh, but they thought he meant taking rest, Tom, um, and that he would recover. Jesus tells them in 14, Jesus tells them plainly, G Lazarus has died, and for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So he tells him plainly, Lazarus has passed away. We need to go back there. And Thomas, Thomas does a rare thing. And I looked this up in a couple of different areas, my study Bible, my um, uh, concordance. It, it was so rare for a Jewish person to die for anyone. They would die for God their Lord, but to die for another person? And Thomas says, hey, well, let's go die with them. Man, that was a big step for Thomas to step out and say that to all the disciples saying, hey, let's, let's go and let's go die with him. He was committed. He was faithful. He was strong. That, that's, that's pretty awesome. Kudos to Thomas, right? Thomas is, is, is doing well. Now then Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been dead four days. But he doesn't go all the way into the village, does he? Bethany was near Jerusalem, and um, the Mecca of the Jewish faith. This area was the stronghold of Judaism, the heart, the pulse of the Jewish people, the people that were trying to stomp Jesus out because he had a, you know, he had this reputation. He's doing all these miracles. He's doing all these great things. He was a threat to their society, threat to their government, threat to their belief system. Who is this guy? And he's going right back up there real close to them. It's interesting here how um, communication, yet again, a messenger went in. He doesn't go all the way into the village. A messenger goes in and talks to Martha and says in private, hey, you know, the teacher's here. He's here, you know. You can come out. She comes to meet him. So if we step back in time here and think about this, they're, they're trying to protect Jesus as well because they know they're out to get him. They know that they just tried to stone him. They know that Jesus is on the radar for the authorities, Pharisees, Sadducees, the Ju Judas... Um, the Jewish leadership. So very discreetly, he stays out of the village, goes, Martha comes, excuses herself while Mary is, is, uh, is weeping and crying and being uh, counseled by the leadership of um, the Jewish leadership and comes out and speaks to Jesus. you see how that communication worked? It was all verbal, like with messengers. They weren't texting, obviously. Pretty exciting, though. But they were trying to protect Jesus as well. They, they knew, you know, 
that people were trying to get him. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when, this is in verse 20, so when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, had you been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. Martha says to him, uh, classic, um, this is traditional Jewish knowledge. They, they knew this. Oh yeah, Martha said, I know that he will, be, he will be raised again in the resurrection on the last day. And this is one of the most famous verses in the Bible. Verse 25, Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. And then she immediately, when she, when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary. So some lights, light bulbs are going on here, right? Martha's like, Oh, he is the Christ. He's the resurrection. Jesus is the resurrection. Can you imagine the disciples and other people standing around? They're just blown away by this. Things are materializing. Things are coming to light. They're, they're, the, the light bulb's switching on here. It's exciting. It's exciting. Okay, powered back up. Good deal. So, <clears throat> just an amazing story. Right here, she runs back. Martha, Martha, or Mary, Mary. Uh, but she did it privately. She called him out. And again, she didn't just walk into the living room and say, Mary, Jesus is here, and he's the Christ, and he, he's the resurrection. They were protecting Jesus. They, they did it, they did, she did it quietly, in private, it said. What, the teacher is here. Verse, 20, uh, verse 28. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here. Didn't say rabbi, didn't say the Christ, didn't say the Lord. You know, she said the teacher is here and calling for you. And when she heard this, she rose quickly and went to him. So that made me think that maybe she didn't even get the first message whenever Martha. Martha probably got the message privately and then got up and excused herself and left Mary. I don't know. Maybe. But I think if Mary would have heard and known that the teacher was on the edge of the village, she would have got up and rose quickly and went to Jesus, right? Of course she would have. When the Jews, uh, the Jews the, who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my, my brother would not have died. Just like Martha said. So Mary and Martha, do you think they were a little 
Do you think they were a little upset, a little perturbed that Jesus took an extra two days and didn't show up to save? I think they were a bit frustrated with Jesus. They were close. They were family friends. They spent a lot of time together. It says clearly Jesus loved them. They were close. They were tight. And can you imagine the hurt and the pain that they were going through because they just lost their brother knowing that Christ could have healed him. So there was a lot of hurt going on there. And Mary and Martha were respectfully, I'm sure, uh, in that culture, in that day, in that time, uh, in, their, in, the, in the way they carried themselves, men and women, uh, saying something like that to him. Obviously, they're not going to say, oh, you know, where were you? Why weren't you here? You know, ridiculing. But they were like, oh, I wish, you know, he wouldn't have died if he were here. So there's some passion. There's some emotions there. There's some hurt. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Hmm. There's a lot of, lot of thoughts into this verse. I read lots of commentaries on this. Lots of, I personally feel, yes, Jesus had compassion. You know, he saw them weeping. He saw the, the hurt, and it, and, it, and it hurt him. He was fully human. He, did, he, did, he didn't want to see them hurting and suffering. He knew what was going to happen. He knew beforehand, way, way back in verse 4, right? So, so, I, so God would be glorified, so I can be glorified. He knew what's going to happen. But I think he was very, very upset and angry a righteous anger against Satan, against evil, and death. And it makes me wonder, um, do you think Jesus and God had a little private talk and said, can we push the button now? Can we come back? Can we come back and make everything right and put Satan in the pit? But no, it's not the time. It's not quite ready. So he was hurting. He was deeply moved in his spirit. He was greatly troubled. That just speaks, speaks volumes to who Jesus is and his compassion, his grace, his love, and his restraint and his patience and what was going on. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Yeah, he was fully human. And fully God. His emotions were, were high at this point. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them could not he have opened, he opened the eyes of the blind. Could he not have also saved his best friend? You know, they're kind of doing little jabs at him, even then. And then Jesus deeply moved again, comes to the tomb in the cave and uh, and a stone lay against it. <clears throat> he's like, remove the stone. Remove the stone. They're like, oh no, he's gonna, it's going to smell. It's going to be a bad scene. It's been four days. It's been four days. It's not a good idea. Don't do it. They just weren't sure about it. But he said, take the stone away. And Martha and sisters, 
uh, Martha, the sister of the dead man, said, Lord, by this time there will be a bad odor, for he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this on the account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. What a situation to be in, right? Everyone's standing around looking. What's he going to do? Removes the stone. Take it away. Why did he wait those two extra days? I've read some commentaries where at that time, some of the Jews and a lot of people around the area um, would believe that the spirit would hang around the grave for three days and you know, and the fourth day it goes up to Hades, or, or sorry, goes up to uh, another place, and the, the, the spirit, you know, it takes, it takes time, and the, all this hocus-pocus stuff, right? So waiting four full days was a big deal to make sure that, you know, the spirit was gone, to make sure the person was dead four days. And God knew that's so Why did he say wait two more days? He waited two more days after after his death. So some people did believe that the spirit hung around for three days. On the fourth day, then the spirit would go. It was a common belief back in those days. So he waited four days. Confirming that this person, that Lazarus was dead. Take away the stone. Then he calls out to him. Calls out to Lazarus. It's so beautiful. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound linen, strips, and his face wrapped with cloth. Jesus said to him, unbind him and let him go. Amazing. Right in front of everyone, in front of the officials, in front of the Jews, in front of Pharisees, Sadducees, his friends, his disciples, so they could believe that he is ultimately God. This story is documented for us today, for us today to know that Jesus is fully God. Fully, fully, fully God. And he has strength and power over life and death. It's absolutely amazing. Amen? God, our God, our God today, that we believe in, that we're singing praise and worship tunes he is our mighty Savior. He is our Lord. And it's, he has that power. And he does then, he does now, he does in the future. And it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Stunning. If we could have been standing there with him, I've always thought that. I've always thought that. So many different, I would have been there for the feeding the 5,000. You know, casting out the demons, the legions. Oh, that would have been something to see. Oh my goodness, that would have been amazing. Seeing Lazarus. Can you imagine Martha and Mary? How they were ecstatic. Oh, we doubted them. Everybody doubts sometimes. Oh yeah. Why? Why do you say why? Why, why, why? Our, our small minds. 
We serve an amazing and mighty God. Amazing and mighty God. So I have uh, three points here after reading this and reviewing it with you guys briefly. You could spend a lot of time on this. You could, there's books written on this. <laughs> so this morning, point number one, God doesn't always give you what you want whenever you want it. Martha and Mary, and disciples and their life issues and what was going on with them, they didn't understand what was going on. Even if he, to he told them plainly that I would be glorified so that I may be glorified. And they just didn't quite get it. Be patient. God doesn't always give you what you want. Cassie and I have prayed many, many, many a time over many, many different subjects, different issues, different challenges in the bush, doing mission work in Tanzania. And we're just not, we, we, we just have to lift it up to the Lord and leave it to him. And, it, and it's hard to do. And I encourage all of you, that why, or why isn't God answering me, um, to be, be diligent in your faithfulness and know that God hears you, and it's his timing. It's his timing. And uh, he's not abandoning you. He's not leaving you hanging. It hurts. It sucks. It's terrible. But he's got you. He's good. Okay? Stand, stand firm in that. It may not be a Lazarus story. It may not be, oh, wow, some amazing, miraculous miracle. But in time, it's going to be okay. He's got you. Point number two, I love it. Remove the stone that keeps you from believing or keeps you from Jesus today. And I know most of you are all very strong believers, but there may be someone that doesn't believe or someone that's watching online or that doesn't believe. Remove that stone. That stone is Satan. And I love the... the the, the picture of that. Remove the stone. Get that out of there. Move it. That blocks you from believing in Jesus. Only Christ can remove that stone too. Only Jesus can do that. Not Buddha, not Allah, not all the other weird stuff going around. All this seek and multiple million, they got a million gods. Well, how do you know you have a million gods? Have you, is there a name for all, is there a name for all those million gods for the, no, oh, come on. And number three, I love it. Unbind him and let him go. Cast off those, that what binds you, what holds you, those worldly things that you hold on to, those strongholds in your life unbind that. Take that off and let it go. I love it whenever he's at the end there. He's unbind him and let him go. Let Lazarus go. All those things that keep you down, that hold you down. Stress, work, life, relationships, children, all that. Politics, governments, wars, witchcraft, demon possession, all these things that we face, we deal with on a regular basis. You gotta let all that stuff go. Let Jesus control that for you. What an amazing story. And it goes on. I'll just read a little bit further on down. Many of the Jews, therefore, 
uh, who had come with Mary and seen what he did, believed in him. This was a moment in time where God was laying his foundation of faith, of what we have today. Why we're here today. Twelve people changed the world. His disciples and family and friends. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council. Sorry, excuse me. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what had Jesus had done. The chief, uh, so the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will, will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Cephas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. Perish. He did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. And that's something. Keeping in mind, Christ was on his way to the cross shortly after this event. And this is uh, a good representation of what would happen uh, whenever Christ was raised from the dead. And not for the nations only, but also to gather... So, excuse me, I'll back up to 51. He did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nations, and not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God who were scattered abroad. That's all, that's all the Gentiles. That's us. He's gathering us in, too, right here in Morrison, all over. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. Jesus, therefore, no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to the region near the wilderness to the town called Ephraim, and there he stayed with his disciples. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They were looking for, for Jesus and saying to one another, as they stood in the temple, what do you think? That he will not come to the feast at all? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know so that they might arrest him. After this amazing miracle by Jesus, they really wanted him dead. He was a massive threat to Judaism unbelievable threat. People were believing in him. People were falling at his feet. People knew that he was God, that he was the Christ. I hope today that you guys will take this to heart, read it this week, read it over and over, digest it, and remember the three points. God doesn't always give you what you want, but he's got you. He's got good, firm control over you. Remove the stone. Anyone that's being blocked and doesn't believe, remove that stone. 
and unbind, unbind yourself. All those worldly things that hold you and keep you down, that keep you from, from really experiencing your truth in Jesus Christ and the love that he has for you. Shake that off. Get rid of it and do your best. We're all, we're all weak. We're all, well, I'm not perfect. No one's perfect, but we do our best, right? Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you guys so much. And uh, we look forward to meeting all of you here shortly and, and talking a bit more about Tanzania and a lot about Tanzania. Give you guys an update. But um, this story, I hope, uh, really comes home to your heart. Lazarus, amazing, amazing, amazing miracle of God showing that he is in control of life and death. He's the ultimate. He's the resurrection. He's the life. Even though we die, what a promise. What, that's from Jesus' mouth. Even though you die, you shall live. We'll have eternity with Jesus Christ. And Amen. Thanks for joining with us today. And if that message touched your heart in some way, please let us know by emailing us at info.kingdomlife at aol.com. You can also find us and reach out to us on Facebook. And we hope that you will join us again for another podcast from Kingdom Life Community Church.